text of emphasis this morning is found in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. It says there this, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Let's pray together. Oh God, as we uh, consider your words, we pray for uh, insight on who you are and on who we are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if you've been around uh, Advent Hope at all this summer, you know we are in the midst of a teaching a series, uh, Ten to Life, on the Ten Commandments. Now, if you've been in Christian circles for any amount of time, you probably heard of the Ten Commandments uh, or, and or heard many sermons on the Ten Commandments. And uh, so with that in mind, we've been trying to be a little creative and be thoughtful about not just what the Ten Commandments have to say to us about what we should be doing in life, but what the Ten Commandments teach us about who God is. What, what, what do the Ten Commandments teach us about who God is and what kind of relationship that he's calling us in. And so as we do this, we've been reminded of Jesus' words in Mark 12 and in the Gospel of Luke, where when asked what the greatest commandment is, he summarizes the Ten Commandments in the context of relationship. You should have love for God and love for your brothers and sisters in humanity. And so we've been uh, saying that uh, the Ten Commandments are, are summarized there by Jesus' words, that the first three commandments are related to our relationship with God, and the last six commandments are related to our relationship with our brothers and sisters in humanity, and the fourth commandment, that commandment that we talked about uh, last week, and by the way, if you haven't gotten caught up on the sermon series, you can always go back to watch.avenhope.org and get caught up, and last week we talked about the seventh day, the Sabbath commandment, and that's the, really the fulcrum commandment. It's both related to our relationship with God and with our brothers and sisters in humanity. So you have the first three related to our relationship with God, the last six, our relationship with each other, and that fourth commandment that relates to both and therefore somewhat of a fulcrum. So again, we're glad that you're here. If you want to go back and get caught up on the previous messages, watch.aventhope.org. Now, as he's walking out, I'm reminded that in our welcome, I did not welcome one of our honored guests here today, and that is our pianist, Alan. Alan, we are so glad to have you. We, we've been advertising that you were coming, and so we want to just acknowledge that you're here and that, that that coolness was not just the summer breeze, but it was Alan Murchie at the, at the, on, the, on the ivories. So Alan, we're glad to have you here today, and uh, it's, you're welcome back anytime. And we're looking forward to connecting with you at, after the service. So, Okay, with that, with that said, uh, we're thinking about the Ten Commandments, spe uh, specifically the Fifth Commandment, and what it tells us about uh, God. And so I would suggest to you that there are three things, at least three things, that the Ten Commandments, that the Fifth Commandment teaches us about uh, God. And the first thing is this, that God relates to both fathers and mothers. Now, it's no secret that in the time in which the Old Testament was written, that uh, it was written during a male-dominated uh, time in human uh, history, as if there's been any other time, unfortunately, but in a particular way, a male-dominated time in human history. And so it's, with that in mind, it's particularly interesting that God would emphasize 
that we are to honor not just the fathers, not just the, the, the male parents, but the mothers. This was somewhat uh, revolutionary all the way back when the, the Ten Commandments were first articulated to this uh, group of people who had been slaves. They were coming out of, of uh, centuries of, of being slaves and they were learning how to exist as a community and how to li uh, exist in relationship with each other and with God, that God would emphasize that they are to honor not just the fathers, but also the mothers. That, uh, and so we see that God relates to both father and mother. Now a lot has been said, a lot has been interpreted by the fact that there are many references um, in fact, m most references in the Bible refer to God as a, a father. Okay, so God the Father, that, that, that uh, metaphor is throughout the Bible without question. But that does, we, we must remember that God also relates to the role of a mother. And texts that support this are those like Hosea chapter 13 and verse 8, where this is a, this is a, a gruesome one, but, but you get the point, where God relates to himself as being like a mother bear. Hosea chapter 13 and verse 8, like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and tear them to, to asunder. And he's talking about people who would infringe on his children. So we get this image of a mother bear who is going to, to, to protect her children at all costs, and God relating himself to to being this mother bear. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 11, God again describes himself as a mother eagle, like the eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young. God spreads his wings to catch you and carries you on the wind. Again, this imagery of God as a protective uh, parent, an eagle, a, a bear. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 13, 32, verse 18, you were unmindful of the rock. This is God communicating to his people that bore you. You forgot that, that God gave you birth, that God gave you birth. And so time and time again throughout the, the Old Testament and in the New, God relating to mothers, but often this is overlooked. And so it's interesting that in the Ten Commandments, that, that one dictation of God in the Bible, we have this emphasis not just on honoring the, the male parent, but on honoring the female parent. And so God relates to both mother and a father. All right, so as we again are thinking about what the Ten Commandments and specifically what the Fifth Commandment teaches, teaches us about God, uh, we also recognize that uh, God associates the responsibility of being a parent to that of his own role. God associates the responsibility of being a parent to that of his own role. If we and, and uh, in articulating this in the, the morning service, I recognized that maybe a chart would help. And so I tried to whip something together. I don't know if this is going to help or not, but let's see what it can do. So Frank, if you can shoot that up on the screen and we'll look at the, the division of the, uh, the commandments. So we have the first, we have this, I'm sorry that's so small. This was very last minute. I'm sorry, I should have thought of this earlier. But again, we see the, uh, the, the first three commandments that are related specifically to our relationship with God as humans. Uh, and as we said in discussing the first commandment, that the have no other God, God commandment was kind of the foundation for the first three. In fact, the, you can make the case that the first three are relating back to the other, the second two are relating back to that first commandment. Have no other gods, therefore don't make idols and don't misuse God's names. The first three are, are, are related to each other. And then we have that Sabbath commandment, that fourth commandment, that's the fulcrum, that's 
in relationship both to God and our relationship with each other. But then the last six, which we're embarking on today, the fifth commandment, we see, again, the same structure. Honor your father and your mother, but that this is the foundation commandment related to the next five commandments to come. Honor your father and their, your mother, therefore, don't murder, don't covet, don't commit adultery, and so on, and so on, and so on. In this, we see God relating his role as God, the Godparent, to the role of our human parents, that there is a relationship. And so God is, 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 is articulating here that there is a relationship between his role as God and the role of our human parents. So whether you're a parent or you have a parent or caregiver, this relationship apparently is important to God. Now, just as a side note here, I think that this uh, commandment, by the way, I thought it was interesting today that I met a lot of people who had their parents here today. Uh, several, several of you have your parents either for the first time or are coming, including Kyle, Kyle's parents, so good to have you here today. Um, but you're not alone. There are a number of parents here. We're glad that you're here. Also slightly hilarious since we're talking about honoring your father. So Kyle, honor your, where's Kyle? Honor your father and mother today. Um, really set this up just for Kyle today. Um, where was I? Oh, so this is kind of a, a side note. So I think that this commandment is one that we really don't spend too much time on, first of all, because it seems pretty straightforward. But also the reality is it does make us a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know about you. For me, it can make us a little bit uncomfortable. Honor your father and mother, like, okay, you know, be nice to our parents, but honor, what, what does that uh, mean? And so then we get all kinds of images because some of us have incredible parents and some of us have, uh, some of us sadly have no, no parents or at least no living parents. Um, some of us uh, grew up with caregivers who we're gonna, for the sake of this, consider parents. Or are you are your parents for all intents and, and purposes? And then some of us unfortunately don't have a great relationship with our parents and so this creates some challenges so we do want to just keep this in mind especially depending on your uh, your status with your relationship with your parents that there are some instructions in this context of relationship with parents to children that relate to how the parent is to relate to the child so bear with me just as we do this little side note in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 we read this children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right Honor your father and mother. This is Paul. Now he's quote, he just quoted the uh, Exodus chapter 20. Uh, this is the first commandment with a promise. And then he quotes again, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. And then for, four, verse 4 of Ephesians 6. Parents, don't exasperate your children. I love that. Exasper don't exasperate your children. So there's a definitive command. Uh, children... Uh, kids, sons, daughters, honor your parents, but then parents don't exasperate your uh, children. So this isn't just a one-way street. This isn't just certainly not parent, as children of uh, sons and daughters just do whatever your parents say. There's got to be a mutual relationship of respect, especially as uh, a child, a son or daughter grows older and has starts to have a mind of their own. Um, in uh, Galatians chapter three, verse twenty, we get a very similar instruction: children. Obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. But parents, don't embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. And so we see this reciprocal 
a relationship. By the way, when I read these, you laughed. When I read these at the first service, people were, it was the most amens we probably had in 20 years. So I don't know, we need to do some, some, uh, some counseling with our at first uh, church. There was a lot of amens, don't exasperate your, uh, your children. I don't know if they were the exasperators or they were exasperated. Anyway, they enjoyed that. So that's kind of a, a side note, that this is a reciprocal relationship between uh, parents and children. But again, we have this commandment, honor your father and your mother, that we have to deal with, and we see that God uh, relates to parents, to, to parents, that he uh, feels akin with them. All right, so thirdly, as we think again, what do, does the fifth commandment teach us about God and who God is? Apparently, in God's view, the parental relationship is a matter of life and death. Uh, The parental relationship is a matter of life and death according to God, apparently. In Exodus 21, just after the Ten Commandments are recorded, this is Exodus chapter 21, verse 15, we read this, uh, anyone who attacks their father or mother is to be put to death. Anyone who attacks their father or mother is to be put to death. And then in Leviticus chapter 20, we read, and this is verse 9. Anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death because they have cursed their father or mother. There will be blood on their own head. So God is taking this honor your father and mother thing pretty uh, seriously. So for a commandment that you know, maybe we don't think that much about or we don't talk about that much, God clearly takes this very, uh, very seriously. And the, the fact is that he feels like this parental relationship is a matter of of life and death. By the way, the commandment, while whether rather short, does have a promise in it, as Paul had mentioned, and that is, hey, honor your father and, the, and your mother so that you may live in the land that God has promised you. And so talking to the, uh, the children of Israel, these slaves who are now God was, in, it was uh, bringing out and teaching them how to exist in culture together, he had promised that he was going to give them land, and he's basically saying, if you want to live in this land, you've got to have a right relationship, a healthy, whole relationship with your caregivers, with your parents. That's important. That's essential. And this seems to go back to God's understanding of just how the world works, including creation. So he's very concerned about uh, getting the word out that he is the creator, that we come ultimately from him. But with this emphasis on parents or caregivers, there's, again, this idea that he also cares that we are thoughtful about where we come from, who took care of us when we couldn't take care of our selves. And so this is a matter of life and death, apparently, to a God. And so we see this in the New Testament as well in Paul's letter to uh, Timothy, and this is 2 Timothy chapter 3. We read these words, and by the way, we talked about 2 Timothy chapter 3 in our previous uh, series, teaching series on uh, spoiler alerts, talking about these uh, predictions about uh, the end times and the end of the world. So it's interesting that this comes back in this context of uh, the commandments and obeying our fathers and mothers. Second Timothy chapter uh, 3 and uh, verse 3. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, all things that we can say, wow, those are really terrible things, but then he goes on to say, disobedient to their parents. God forbid the people in the last days, that's going to be one of the signs that, the, the, that things are really 
headed in the wrong direction, that people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, and disobedient to their parents. So again, apparently, apparently, this issue of honoring your father and your mother is a matter of life and death in the eyes of God. It's important that we remember where we came from and who took care of us when we couldn't take care of ourselves and that we honor that relationship. So all of this leads to, to the natural uh, question, or at least a, a question that I think is natural when we read the, the Ten Commandments. So we understand now a little bit about, uh, about God through this Fifth Commandment, that uh, clearly he relates to both father and mother, that uh, the parental relationship he sees as a matter of life and death, and that he relates to parents. He feels like his relationship to humanity is akin to our relationship with our parents, um, this leads to the natural question, question, what do we do? How do we then keep this uh, commandment? How do we honor our father and our mother? How do we honor our uh, caregivers? And uh, so we, as, as, as children, as, as, as sons and daughters, uh, usually have all kinds of good responses to this. We, we try to be, maybe, maybe if we're aware of this, Father's Day, Mother's Day comes around, uh, we try to be more intentional about reaching out to our fathers and uh, mothers. So we, we, we call them more often. Just of just note, how many of you talk to your father or mother, your parents, once a day? Anyone here who talks to their father or mother once a day? Wow, good for you. You should come up here and just take over from this point forward. Um, and you brought mom with you today. That's fantastic. Good. Um, all right. How about, how, about, how about once a week? Who, who, who sees at least once a week? At least once a week. You talk to Father Matt. Okay. How about, how about once a month? At least once a month. Okay. You're a little, you're a little, little, little I see some shame, shame in your eyes. I'm not going to go to once a year because then you're just going to start weeping and you're going to go call mom and dad. Just don't even listen anymore. Just go call them right now. Uh, once a year. We're not even going to ask that. So anyway, we, we, we start to be thoughtful about, okay, we're honor father and mother. We want to be intentional about thinking about those who cared for us. So we call more often, or maybe we, uh, we FaceTime, or maybe we send a, a gift. And, and more often, not just on Father's Day or birthday, that we try to be more thoughtful, or we try to plan on going to visit more often. And so we are really good about trying, or we can be really good about trying to do, to do better and to be a good son or to be a good daughter. And that is fantastic. The problem is uh, that doesn't always work. Now, if you're like almost everyone else on the planet, um, there are times in your relationship with your parents where things are not always uh, fantastic, right? I mean, you love each other, you care about each other. I mean, even for those who have the, the best parents in the world, um, you know, you, you get together, especially, let's say you spend a lot of time uh, with each other in close proximity, uh, there can be some friction. Y'all know what I'm talking about here? Now, I think it's somewhat ironic that, that uh, some of you are with your parents today. I think that's hilarious and ironic. And also, and we did not plan that, that, that I would just be coming back from spending two weeks hanging out with my in-laws and my parents. So I'm going to just count to that as, as a, a, a little God thing, mainly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I see what you did there. So I love my parents. We have a good time. My, my dad loves to go and watch 
these, uh, these messages. So whether it's me or, any, or someone else, he will watch. So at some point, he is going to watch this. So, hey, Dad. <laughs> Love you. Um, uh, but you spend a lot of time with each other. And look, it doesn't matter how much you care about each other and how fantastic. You're going to have times where you're going to have some friction. You all have had friction between parents, children. Friction? You ever had friction? All right. All right. Somebody, somebody help me out here, okay? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So this is just the reality. I mean, we're human beings. And so in, in, in human relationships, we sometimes it gets... Uh, messy, and so you spend a lot of time. By the way, I had a fantastic time with my parents. Just to, to clarify, <laughs> fantastic time with my parents this this last week. We had a good time together. But you know, you spend a lot of time together in pros, close proximity, especially as you become adults. As you're a, an adult son, an adult daughter, you've come into your own. I was talking to somebody this morning, and they were like, you know, my my parents always see me as like, you know, I'm 17, and um, and that's true, and that can create some friction. And so many of us have gone through experiences where there's friction and maybe we feel like guilty about the way things are, are going or have been and we don't know what to do with that and just trying to do better, trying to call more can be helpful but ultimately we need something more and that leads us to the last question, what is there to help? What can really heal broken relationships, uh, specifically relationships with family members or our, our parents specifically and what can enhance those that are even doing pretty uh, well. And that leaves us to the words of, of Jesus in uh, John chapter 14, or the actions of Jesus. In John chapter 14, in verse 31, uh, we read this. And this is Jesus himself speaking. I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. This is Jesus speaking about his own story, his own testimony. I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me to do. As we think about our relationships with each other generally, but specifically today our relationships with our parents or our caregivers, and recognize that sometimes it isn't what we want it to be and that we need healing and we need uh, restoration sometimes, we can take hope that there is one who came and lived in right relationship with his parent. I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. In Philippians 2, we read these classic uh, words describing the, the gospel narrative. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a, of a son being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a child, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The, the story of Jesus is the story of a, of a child, one who came and grew and was faithful, who did honor his uh, heavenly parent, who did what we cannot always do. God has come and done what we could not do by being a, a faithful a child, a faithful a kid, a faithful a son who honored his father in ways that we have never been able to honor our, our parents. And the good news of the gospel is that because Jesus was able to do this, because Jesus came and, and do this, as we embrace his work, we too can be transformed and, and given a new life. That we can become a, a, a child, a son or a daughter who lives in right, right relationship with, their, with our parents, 
that we can be transformed and we can live a new kind of life in relationship with each other. And I think of Philippians chapter 4 here. For those of you who are like, you know, my relationship with my parents is terrible. And I know there are some of you who do not have a great relationship with your parents. This news that God has done what we could not do is good news for you. It's good news for all of us. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, we read these words. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the good news of the gospel, that God has done what we could not do. In, in, in every account, wherever you're broken in your life, and you've tried very hard to get it together, and you haven't been able to get it together, you can take heart in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. If we embrace what God has done through Jesus, the one who is, has done it all, who was a, 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 a faithful son, and who honored his parent. If we embrace his work, God can work in us to transform our own relationship with other people. That we can become those who, are, uh, who honor our parents, who, who, who are there for our parents, who, who, who do what is right in the eyes of God when it comes to our parents. God has done what we cannot do for ourselves. Jesus has done it. And as we embrace that, we can be transformed. I can do all things, all things, through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I would suggest to you, and this is a general problem, this is not just related to the fifth commandment, that as Christians or religious people in general, uh, Christians specifically, and maybe even Adventists more specifically, that we have a tendency to think about church, the church, certainly uh, the Bible, maybe even worship services as those times or communities or places where we can go and figure out how to get our life together. And so we treat the church we treat the Bible, we treat uh, religion as a whole, like we treat the internet. You know, if I go on the internet, I can do it right now, I'm gonna do it right now, because I have, I have internet service, and I'm gonna type in, watch this, I'm gonna type in, I think I'm gonna type in, top 10 ways, that's all I'm gonna type, top 10 ways, top 10 ways, watch what the internet does, it's free. Top 10 ways to be a great leader. Top 10 ways to escape reality and relax. Top 10 ways to get fired. Uh, top 10 ways to pretend you are outdoorsy. <laughs> I'm outdoorsy, look at this thing, huh? I'm in the woods. Um, top 10 ways to be happy at work. You, you, you use the internet when you want to find out information about how to do something right. But too often, too often, I would suggest to you that we try to use the church community, we try to use uh, a religion, we try to use the Bible the same way that we use the internet. How am I going to get my act together? Where's that top 10 list? So in the context of the, the fifth commandment, top 10 ways that I can have a better relationship with my parents. But you know what? That is not what the Bible is about. The Bible is not about how to, how to get your life together, what, how, what five things you need to do uh, to get it together. Because the Bible says you're not going to get it together using a top ten list. It doesn't work that way. There is only one thing that you can use to get it together, and that is embracing what God has done in Jesus. And as you embrace what God has done in Jesus, God is able to transform and change you. This is the good news of the gospel, and it is unique. It is unique to this story, the story of God who has worked on our behalf. 
of a God who has done what we cannot do for ourselves. As we embrace God's work, God can work in us to do what we cannot do. And that may mean to heal a broken relationship or enhance a relationship with our caregivers, with our parents. Quite frankly, whether they're dead or alive, because we can honor our parents even if they have died by, by, by living in right relationship uh, to them and to their memory. As we embrace God's work through Jesus, God is able to do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. And so we can take heart in the words of Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for your words of encouragement, but not just of encouragement, of power, that you're able to do in us what we can't do for ourselves. And we, I pray that uh, each of us, as we think in particular about our relationship with our parents, that you can work in us to enhance our relationships with our, our caregivers, our parents, uh, or you can heal whatever brokenness is there. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.